Rosada Star, coming to you with another episode of A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman, the official podcast of the Easy Breezy Life community. Before I jump into today's topic, the purpose of the Easy Breezy Life is to bring together a community of women who are fierce, focused, and fired up. We fired up, ready to go. But before we go, please be advised that everything we share on this platform is for education and entertainment purposes only. That includes our blog posts. So if you ever feel that you need actual support, I want to encourage you to find a professional in that particular area. And you know what? If you message me, I will send you recommendations. I know that within my network, I know somebody that knows something about it. But please, 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 please do your own research, do your homework for legal purposes, because we want you to do well. And I also believe that the Easy Breezy Life is a group project. Can't do it by yourself. And I ain't even trying to do it by myself. Okay? Going to take a brief break and we will be right back. Sis, it's 2020 and no, it is not canceled. If you've been sitting on that golden egg idea, sleeping on your gifting, sleeping on your anointing, and not sure about where to start to launch your side hustle, your podcast, your blog, your business, I want to help you. Visit www.easybreezy.life forward slash shop to learn about our mastermind series. And we got swag. We got a beauty supply. We are selling so many things on here now, sis. I want to share this level up season with you. And I also want to help you level up. So don't forget, visit www.easybreezy.life forward slash shop to sign up for our mastermind series now. They're affordable, but only for a limited time. Love you much. And I'll see you at the top. And we are back July. So remember when I said July was supposed to be like this month for a break? It was not the month for a break. I'm seeing no breaks, like none. It's just moving and moving and moving. So I'm realizing that I have to create the breaks, that someone's not going to create the breaks for me and that actually responsible stewardship of the gifts, the blessings, the open doors and opportunities also comes with managing myself. And so I've been getting better about like taking days off from work and like actually trying to let them be days off. But let me tell you about last Sunday when I was supposed to not touch my laptop. I was supposed to not touch my computer. I was supposed to not touch the phone. And I felt it. This nudge was like, don't touch it. I made the mistake of touching it. And my husband walks in and says, see, you're doing work today. So you can help me do X, Y, Z. Had I not touched those electronic devices and just rested, I could have had a full restful Sunday. Instead, I was contracted out by my husband to complete assignments for our family business, which is not a problem. It's just that it was supposed to be on my rest day. So pray for me, friends. Um, I am trying to figure out what progress within rest looks like because 
as one of my friends said, and I probably actually believe her at this point, I love to work. I do. I don't like idleness at all. Yet, I also understand that rest is a commandment. Um, Not that we're following the Ten Commandments, but God wants us to be restful and rejuvenated because this Christian race is a marathon. And so I'm working on it. Pray for your girl. It's just like the entrepreneur struggle, knowing when to stop. I also want to talk about the growth that we've been experiencing here at the Easy Breezy Life. I'm really excited. So as you know, uh, we are approaching the second full year of the blog being in function. The podcast has been functioning for a year and a half, and now we are growing. So if you go to the website, you will notice that there is now an Easy Breezy Beauty Supply. There's swag. There are courses that I teach on Saturdays. Um, which I love. Oh my goodness. I don't even think I would love teaching that much, but I do. I love it because I love seeing people grow. And there is also growth on our email subscription list. I just love it. I I feel like a lot of doors are opening. I want to make sure that I manage those doors. I want to make sure I pray before I walk in those doors. And yeah, as I commit myself to more healing, more growth, challenging myself to develop in areas where I've historically thought that I was weakened, but really just needed God's help in those arenas. God is entrusting me with more and more. I also want to say that this Saturday, the 18th, I will be speaking at a Women of Excellence conference, virtual conference, because you know, social distancing. And so if you go on to our social media pages, you will see the information to register for that. So look up the Easy Breezy Life on Facebook, on IG, um, so that you can get that information in my stories and in the link in my bio on how to register for my session where I'm going to be talking about going from surviving to thriving, which is so prophetic in so many ways because I look at our family's experience and everything we went through and the fact that God is still allowing us to be established He is establishing us. He is giving us territory that we did not um, fight for so far in this season. And he just keeps on keeping me. That's all I could say. There's a Travis Green song that just says, you keep on keeping me. And you just keep on. And just being in awe of how faithful God is. Okay? Faithful. You know what's so interesting about the attributes of God? I think a lot of times we want to know that God is faithful, that he's a healer, that he's a provider, that he's a way maker, that he's a defender, that he's a vindicator. We want to use all those names of God, but we don't want to have to walk through the testimony and the trials that it takes for us to get a resolve and a revelation of that part of God's personality. And in this season, I call God faithful, which brings us to our final topic in the love series. First, I want to say that the love series could keep on going on and on because what has happened in the midst of me doing this love series is I just keep seeing more examples of love in the Bible beyond the first Corinthians verse. Yeah, and still, we've got to bring it to a nice round close because it's time to move on and invite people back into the full that is the Easy Breezy Life podcast so that you can be inspired and be connected to more amazing women that I've had the honor and distinct privilege of connecting with 
in the process of doing this love series. So what is faith, hope, and love? Well, you know I love a good definition, and I like for all of us to be on the same page, and today will be no different. According to the dictionary, faith is the strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. All I hear is that, is that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And sometimes people confuse faith for religion, but they're actually very different. For me, religion is a set of practices, beliefs, um, rituals that we carry out. Faith is resolve. Faith is individual. Faith is intrinsically motivated for me. And so when I read this definition of faith and I'm seeing the world's definition of saying that we're depending on spiritual apprehension rather than proof, uh, that faith is our proof and it is what causes our expectation to come to pass, which brings me to hope. Hope, according to the dictionary, is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, want something to happen or be the case. Hope is expectation. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. One thing that I can tell you is trials, tests that we go through, they have the ability to either make or break our hope. We have also got to make decisions about where we want to stand when it comes to the word of God. Because sometimes, just like the parable of the sower, seeds get sown, they fall on stony ground, we go through a little test and trial, and we quickly give up that word. And it doesn't get a chance to mature, to develop, and bear fruit in our lives. And so hope, expectation, is what causes us to endure, to be long-suffering, to show forbearance when God has given us a promise in a particular area of our life. And if you're wondering, how does God give promises? He's never given me a promise. Yes, he has. He's given you promises all up in the word of God. You don't have to have a burning bush, a cloud to part, or a red seed to part in your life for you to have a promise. You need to get in that word, read, and get it in your belly because that is your hope. So you're struggling with expectation in a particular area, go to the word of God. What does the word of God say about that thing? Develop your confidence, your hope, so that you can expect God to show up in that situation. And then finally, love is defined in the dictionary as an intense feeling of deep affection, a great interest and pleasure in something. Okay. Let's talk about how love is not a feeling, but this is the world's definition, right? So now the world's definition of love is an intense feeling of deep affection, a great interest and pleasure in something. Anybody who's been married for more than three years knows that love is not that, okay? Anyone who's been married for more than three years, five years, seven years, just like living with another human being every single day. And, in, and, and not just enduring, but trying to find ways to thrive in that marriage knows that. Sometimes love is a decision, okay? Sometimes love is saying, I'm all the way worn, but I'm here for the long haul. I'm here with you. I've heard people reference to their marriage and saying, like, you know, my marriage is my cross. And my prayer is that my marriage will never feel like a cross. 
Now, there may be some moments that it feels like a cross. And I'm sure that my husband thinks that my very vibrant and boisterous personality has sometimes felt like I was his cross. Yet and still, the endurance of love in our relationship has been not due to an intense feeling or fleeting emotion or butterflies in our stomach. It has been because of our decision to remain rooted and grounded and say, I'm doing life with you. We're going to figure it out. And also this acceptance of my husband's never going to be 100% what I think he should be, nor do I need him to be because he's not my source. And sometimes we make mistakes in relationships and friendships and make other people our source, and they're not. With that being said, let me remind all of us today of the actual definition of love according to Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there was knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a woman, I put childish ways behind me. Listen. Now we see but a fore reflection as in a mirror, when we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Mm. The word of God has a way of getting in your neck by just being present. You know, but I think another scripture for me really kind of stuck out with what God was trying to teach me about faith, hope, and love. And it's in Hebrews 10, 32 through 39 in the message version, where essentially the writer is telling the body of Christ, you know, remember the early days when you first saw the light? Those were some hard times. You were kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse. Um, If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile. No one could really touch you as a real treasure. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. Don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then. It's a sure thing, but you need to stick it out. Stay with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. Help is on the way. Somebody say it like my favorite comedian country way. Help is on the way. He'll show up at any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. We are not quitters. Oh no, we stay with it and survive, trusting all the way. And then I had the Eureka moment. Oh my goodness. All this time, just going to be honest with y'all on this podcast, there have been places and spaces and people I have wanted to leave, cut off, just get out of my life. Just like 
uh, Nene wanted Kim Zosiak and her wig to get out of her life in the early starts of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Y'all know nothing about that. I just wanted people, places, and organizations to get out of my life. And I understood, I understood how people could live in isolation, live by themselves, not want to deal with people. And for the first time in reading, going back to the scripture, I was reminded of my baby like Christ, my baby like faith in Christ when I first saw the light at the age of 16, when I first got my revelations at the age of 26 and 27, when people would cut up. I mean, I had family members, my own father cut up, take my clothing items, throw them outside of the house. And I'm standing as he threw my suitcase and belonging outside of the house for being a Christian and said, you know, daddy, I love you so much. No matter what you do, how you act up, how you scream or yell, I love you. I will continue to pray for you. And you know what? I've continued to pray for my father since, no matter what he does or how he behaves towards me or not. To think that God wants me to love everyone with that kind of measuring stick is unfathomable to me. Like, I'm just going to tell you all the truth. Like, you cannot be asking me to love all of humanity the way that I love my daddy. Now, I have a reason to love my daddy because no matter what, this man sacrificed for my family. This man made sure that I got my citizenship. This man made sure that I understood a quality education. This man had blood, sweat, and tears on the line for me to become who I am today. Therefore, I can't overlook. Where I struggle sometimes is overlooking people who I feel like I have no reason to overlook. There's no value proposition here. That sounds harsh, y'all, but I'm a very practical person in my brain. And, you know, my husband comes sometimes tell me that everyone doesn't have the ability to detach emotions in the way that I do when decision making. But I'm like, what is the value proposition here? If you come into my life and you're bringing problems, you're bringing drama, you don't help me solve any of the problems that I do have. Why would I keep you? Why would I keep you? And realizing that God's like, well, if you just love the people who have a value proposition, what are you saying? And don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't see value in helping others. Like I very much believe in helping others. When it comes to my personal space and personal life though, like you can't just be showing up, creating all types of havoc. You can't. And so to get to a place in my spiritual walk where God is saying, yup, some people create havoc and they're highly problematic and I need you to still love on them. Some people are ingrates and I need you to still love on them. Some people show no compassion for the cross you carry and I need you to still love on them. Some of your bosses, supervisors, colleagues, co-workers in the vineyard are going to get on your last nerve and have absolutely no idea what you are walking through. But I still want you to be a vessel of honor and to show everyone compassion. When I say that Probably for the past six months, I've been wrestling or God has been dragging me into purpose, dragging me, okay, into into this calling. That is it. I'm like, is this what it means to be a bond servant of Christ? Because sometimes it sure enough feel like that because what I really want to do, I'm not called to do. And then even when I do that thing that I felt like I wanted to do that wasn't in God's will, he quickly Quickly, the Holy Spirit will quickly correct me and be like, nah, you you can't do that. 
So I'm at this place where my ignorance can no longer be the reason why I don't follow Christ. I am not in that space anymore, right? The journey that God and I have been on has caused me to see certain things, understand certain spiritual and biblical principles, and there's no get out of jail free card sometimes. At this point, it's like accountability. And of course, the word of God says that he disciplines those that he loves. So at some point in your spiritual walk, accountability has to come into play. If you never experience God's discipline and accountability in your walk, I would be very concerned about the condition of your walk and relationship with Christ. It comes with the territory. That being said, let's look at some examples of people who exemplified faith, hope, and love, and some folks who just struggled, who struggled like your girl side of star be struggling. Faith. We can't talk about faith and not talk about Abraham, who is the father of the faith, right? Who hoped against all hope, meaning that Abraham hoped when there was no hope for the hope. He's like, well, there's no hope, and I'm still going to hope. Right? Sarah is old. Her womb is crusty. I'm old. (laughs) And there's no way, there's no way humanly possible that this thing can happen. But I'm going to believe anyway. Yes, I made a mistake. I slept with Hagar. We had this child. It was problematic. Sarah turned on me, even though it was her idea to do it. But I'm still going to hope. Yes, I was disobedient. You told me to go alone. I brought Lot with me. Lot ended up taking a good part of the land. And then he got in that land and then he messed up, had issues, had to go save him. His wife still turned to a pillow saw, but I'm still going to have hope. Yes, you gave me the gift that I've been praying for. And then you told me to take that son up into a mountain and sacrifice him. But I'm going to do it anyway because I have hope. Abraham is the father of the faith. Because he was willing to ride or die. And you know I'm going to talk about this ride or die. Because we talk about ride or die culture for people. And I'm not willing to ride or die for for like no human being. I'm going to ride or die for God. I'm going to ride or die for my marriage. Because those are the two institutions or the two entities that God really wants to see honored. Your relationship with him. Your marriage. But some of these other things that we're riding or dying for, we really just need to cut and run. Okay? You need to be cutting and running from some of these things. And we're going to talk about that also today. But Abraham is the father of the faith because of his faithfulness and every storm, every trial, every time people tried him. I mean, I just don't have no story of Abraham turning up or any account. There might be, maybe I didn't read the story in its all entirety, but he just remained faithful, fearful sometimes. He was lying sometimes, okay? Um, But I think that just shows how perfect God is. Because a lot of times people use our biblical characters as examples of showing, well, look at these people. They were liars. How can you believe in the Bible? I can believe in the Bible because it means that there's hope for a wretch or ratchet like me. If there's hope for brother Abraham, okay, after seeing that Sarah was his sister, if there is hope for a man like David who sent a friend into battle to die so he could have their wife, there is hope there is hope for Sada Star, who is struggling to love her enemies. Let's talk about other people in the Bible who also showed um, faith, hope, and love. I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, let's just change their names to faith, hope, and love. Because these were Hebrew boys who were Daniel's friends, carried off into captivity and put in the king's palace to serve, right? And choosing to still serve 
God in that environment, in a godless nation, in a nation of idolaters, in a nation of people who were maybe lovers of selves and were indulging and getting in trouble for that, right? And remaining anchored in their faith and saying that just because I'm surrounded by people who don't believe what I believe, who think that what I believe is a farce, who are saying, why are you still believing you're in captivity? We are going to praise this God, right? That was their, that was them exemplifying faith. Hope came when it came time to go into that fiery furnace and saying, God is going to deliver us. He's going to deliver us. I believe him. They hoped against hope in that moment. Yes, we see that fire blazing. And Lord, you are, we hope you walk in here with us. But if you don't, that's where their love came in. We're going to worship you anyway. We will go down in flames, loving you, chasing after you forever. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for me, that's faith, hope, and love. In the midst of trial, in the midst of uh, a situation where anybody could understand why they would turn away from the faith and try to be agreeable, culture was against them, tradition was against them, um, it probably felt like life was against them, but God was still for them. God was still for them, and by the time they came out of that fiery furnace, like, it's like I don't know who you're worshiping, but I don't want no problems with that man. I don't want no problems with that God. I don't want no problems with that entity. Faith, hope, and love will cause the people around us who have not understood or believed in what we believe to at least recognize this case is different. Something here is different. Well, let's talk about another character who struggled with faith, hope, and love, Jonah. I love Jonah because Jonah is just, listen, Jonah is the example of somebody who was probably called and really was like, I don't understand why you called me. Can you call my neighbor? Can you call somebody else? Like, why does it have to be me? And it shows that God can use anyone and that sometimes you don't really have a choice. The thug life chooses you. So Jonah was asked to go to Nineveh, decided like the people of Nineveh are just too wicked. They deserve whatever they got coming. They kill people. They sacrifice their kids. Lord. And there's this part in Jonah's story where you even see him arguing with God. Like, I knew you were going to do that. You were just so desperate to save these ratchet people. And God's like, are they your people? They're not your people. You didn't make them. You didn't form them from the dust. You don't get to tell me what to do with them. So this is also like, you know, Jonah, an example of a person who was you know, probably, I don't know what his origins were, but he was at a place where he was in good standing and good relationship with God. But just because Jonah had graduated, he now wanted to burn down the schoolhouse. He's like, listen, all these other people who ain't trying to grow up ain't my problem. They're not my business. Can I deal with the people who are actually about this life? Which I've said sometimes, right? Like y'all heard me say that on this podcast. Like if you don't want Jesus, it's okay. Just please get out of my way. But to understand that the call, the higher calling is actually to reach out to people who don't know Jesus, to reach out to people who don't know that they need Jesus, who are, who are, who think they're in Jesus or um, have claimed that proclaimed Christ, but are not walking in his ways, are not listening, are not obedient, are difficult, right? is God's call in Christian leadership is that you're going to keep loving on those people and through your good deeds, through your father being glorified in what you're doing, they will hopefully see the light and come to the light because God wants everybody saved. 
So Jonah tries to not do what God says, and it gets him into a whole heap of trouble. And I have to say that I've had Jonah moments in my life where it's like, I am not dealing with those uh, folk, and then a resource somewhere else might dry up. And so where I've come, similar probably to Jonah at that point in time, is understanding that the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Y'all ever heard that? The Sheards. Love them. But basically, yeah, wherever God tells you to go, 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 go. And that's what we're doing. We're just going to go. We're just going to go. And pray that the Lord fills our spirits with love. Lord, give us the faithfulness of Abraham, the commitment and resolve of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And please remove every part of rebellion in our hearts that might cause us to act like Jonah when you've told us to go left and we want to go right. God will sometimes cause you to pursue people you don't even like for his glory. It's outrageous. It's outrageous, but it's our story. It's our story. Like, I can honestly tell you that I don't ever remember going to chase after God. I just encountered him one night at the age of 16 and was convinced. I did not go looking for him. He pursued me. He pursued my siblings. He pursued my mom. And I know one day I'm going to have my mom come here and talk about her story with Jesus. And I can tell you that I have not seen a heavy love pursuit like the one between my mother and Jesus. Like when my mom tells you about her story and how God has pursued her throughout her life, even when she thought to turn away from him, he pursued her through her children. Jesus loves my mama something serious, okay? He loves you something serious. God loves me, you, everybody, something serious. Everyone. And that's the thing about grace. So often in the Christian faith, we make decisions about who qualifies, who doesn't, based on their beliefs, based on sexuality, based on gender identity. And all of these things to Jesus are irrelevant. He loves everyone. He wants everyone. He wants everyone. Now, does the wanting everyone give us a green pass to do whatever we want? Because I think this is where we get caught up in grace, right? Grace being licensed to cut up, act up, turn up, however we want. It is not a license for that because you know what? You do that and there will be consequences for it. Is God's grace sufficient? Yes. Obedience is also better than sacrifice. It is. And I don't know about you, but I want the obeyer's anointing all my life. I want to be able to pray for somebody and things just shift because I'm where God called me to be, how he called me to be, in the location where he called me to be, and I'm and, and, and I don't have any kind of remnant or condemnation in my heart because I know, I know why I'm being pressed and crushed, oppressed but not crushed, persecuted but not abandoned. I know it. So that I know when, that when somebody calls and says, I'm in need of prayer, that the prayers of the righteous will avail much. Now it is through the blood of Jesus because I think sometimes we put too much dependence on our behavior and our conduct that we're not allowed, that we don't allow the Holy Spirit to move through us. The Spirit is supposed to move through you. You're a vessel. Surrender yourself, right? Live a life of constant repentance because you're constantly doing trifling things, whether or not other people are seeing them. Yep, yep, God be knowing. But I think I just want the confidence 
that God, you're going to show up. And it may not be the way that I do, but even if you don't show up the way that I wanted you to, I trust you. I trust you that all things are going to work together for good. And for me, that is what faith, hope, and love is coming down to. It's coming down to sometimes you're in undesirable situations. You're planted in a place that feels like a rock and a hard place. And God has said, remain. And that place might be preparation for you. That place might be setting you up for something better. That place might be leading to your abundance, to your peace. But if you don't remain like the Hebrew scripture in 1032 to 39 is saying, you're not going to win. Help is on the way. It may seem like it's dark. It may seem like it's taking too long. Help is always on the way. When we remain in God's will, when we are seeking him, when we are surrendering to him, help is on the way. I have seen it. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in my son's life. I've seen it in my husband's life. Help is always on the way. Like even right now, my son is getting ready to transition out of early intervention and go into public school. And I'm just like, whew, I'm, 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 I'm going between faith and heart palpitations, faith and heart palpitations. But I know and I have confidence that help is on the way. I think in order for us to exemplify faith, hope, and love, one virtue or spiritual gift or fruit that we're really going to have to learn is temperance or what is called self-control. And when you look at a lot of world religions, a lot of world religions emphasize self-control, but it's always through self-will. What I think is different about the Christian life is that our temperance or our self-control comes only through Christ. Because let me tell you something, you cannot love human beings outside of Christ. I tried it and he's able, but I'm not. (laughs) God is able through me to love others, to show his love. But if it was solely based on me, some folks would never feel loved. I'm telling you right now that a lot of times I've learned, I've come to a resolve that I cannot be in longstanding relationship, in community with others, without the grace of God loving people through me or me trying to love people through God's love. And that is the only burden we have, right? We have the burden or the debt of love to one another. And that love looks different because sometimes people use the word love and what they're really saying is, please tolerate all my nonsense and my BS and my lying and my cheating and my and my cutting up and my um, uh, poor relational skills. And that is not what love is because love is also sometimes accountability, right? Your friends should be holding you accountable and pulling you to the carpet if they really love you, because it's better for you to be sincerely hurt by someone who sincerely cares about you than to be surrounded by people who are kissing up and sucking up, brown nosing and, and effectively backstabbing you every time you turn around. And so the truth is that all of us are going to have to work on self-control and discipline through Christ. How do we get there? Prayer, fasting. Fasting is a big part of that. I've learned that in seasons of fasting or in days of fasting, I'm much better at tolerating certain weaknesses, um, de- um, dealing with my own weaknesses and certain parts of my personality that are probably never going to go away, right? But it's, I'm going to have to submit them to Christ in order for God to help me temper or show self-control in that part of my life. So where are we now? Where are our part? What are my parting words for you as we round up this faith, hope, and love series? Um, it's that 
to love God's people, you are going to have to be rooted in Christ. I don't believe that I can really love people outside of Christ because I got this little thing called a, a temperament that's choleric. And when you step on my toe, that little choleric part of my personality flares up. And without Christ, I will not have the self-control and temperance to be able to love somebody who stubs on my pinky toe. Okay? And I have to tell you, as someone coming from a big family, sometimes um, love means giving people space. Sometimes love means putting people on block for three months. Sometimes, hey, hey, I've done it. And you know what? In our family, I don't know if it's normal or not, but like if somebody blocks me or like doesn't pick up my phone, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel some kind of way because I'm like, all right, you'll be back. You know, go ahead and figure that out. Because in my family, we have a lot of cholerics and we know that, you know, we really, it's, it's, it's the, it's the thorn in our side without Christ, that thorn is just, it just becomes a dagger. And so, um, that's an arena where I've learned to show a lot of forbearance. And there are other arenas where I need to learn forbearance, right? Because it just kind of says like, if you've learned to deal with the weaknesses that you're used to, that your family exhibits, that you know about, but you're not willing to deal with the weaknesses that come in other shapes and forms, then are you really loving? That's a rough one. And I'm going to let you meditate on that and journal on that. However it is that you think you need to. Um, I hope you enjoyed this love series because it was very painful in the making. I just want to let y'all know that it was like being in fire, okay? I want to tell you that I enjoyed recording the love series. The truth of the matter is with every episode, uh, I went through experiences or God illuminated my life in certain arenas to make sure that when I came on here and spoke to you, that I was talking from a place of personal experience and truth and not using somebody else's anecdotes, somebody else's examples of life. And um, I, I don't know that I always appreciated that. Yet here we are. I hope you walk in love for the rest of 2020 because we need a whole lot of love in these streets. There are times, there will be times, and I think that the times that we're living in are going to um, only become more complex and challenging in so many ways. And the one thing that I pray is that you will prosper even as your soul prospers. Stay in good health. If you are not in good health, I pray that God brings healing to your spirit, soul, mind, and body that he sends you marvelous help in the very arena of your life that you may be struggling and grappling with. That that situation in your life, in the life of your loved one, that looks unfathomable, impossible, that you will receive a release in Jesus' name. Stay well. You know, if you need prayer, if you need to talk with me one-on-one, uh, you can message me on here. I promise. I'm, I'm I'm a little nicer, just a little nicer than I sometimes come off on this podcast. As long as you don't step on my pinky toe. 
All right. Love you. God bless you. And I'm going to see you on the next season of the Easy Breezy Life Podcast, A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman.